trying to keep me on track they're trying to keep it real for me i have with me tonight jeff aaron and we do have stefan back hello everyone and joining us tonight fan favorite is eric butterworth thank you for joining us eric thanks for having me again hello everyone hi eric hello (laughs) i disagree with that i I highly doubt that (laughs) i'm a fan I'm, i'm a fan yeah you're our, you're, you're our favorite. I love your family's yes. biscuit syrup, by the way. Um, it's, it's corn syrup, but yeah. It's no longer on the market. <laughs> oh, we're not allowed wow. to market it as maple. <laughs> Eric oh, is, in wow. fact, heir to the, to the syrup fortune. Yes. yes. <laughs> heir apparent to the Butterworth fortune. Mrs. Butterworth what are you doing? is my mother. Slumming it, slumming it with a bunch you of bums like us. You look so much alike. I couldn't quite... <laughs> Yes, it's not a uh, video podcast, but Eric is actually made of a, a plastic bottle, and he's full of syrup. There's a, there's a splitting <laughs> image. Thank you for really clarifying are, yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> that was my Norm Macdonald moment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all, right, anyway. all right, I'm going to pull the, the, the discussion back. I'm going to keep it real, guys. So if you haven't heard this song before, here's a quick snippet. Wood's all soaking so the fire won't burn. Now I'd keep talking, but you never learn. The cut's too deep, and so the wound won't heal. You won't keep nothing. You don't keep nothing by keeping it real. And Aaron, I, I probably gave it away earlier when I sent you the snippet. Did, <laughs> did you did you figure out what song this what album well, was on? This is off Grinning Streak, but I cannot take credit for knowing that because as soon as I clicked the link you sent it, it's it right over the there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, I I would like to think that I would guess it, but honestly, I might have confused this with Silver Ball, except for the fact that I've been hating on Silver Ball consistently, <laughs> and I like this song. So, so I would like I to think gonna, I would have thought Grinning Streak. I was going to say that, that Tracy and I were talking before the show, and he's already predicted, Aaron, that you and I are going to like this song. Oh, oh, well, yes. you are correct, sir. <laughs> well, to quote Ed McMahon, you are correct, sir. Yes! <laughs> well, let's discuss the song. Uh, Aaron, take it away. Give us some music breakdown. All right, let's break it down. Break, break, break it down. This one was another exceptionally easy one, so I was super glad for that. It's been a crazy week at work. So Keeping It Real was recorded at 65 beats per minute exactly. Recorded to a click track, you can tell. Um... Nice and slow. That's a very slow song. Uh, you know, BNL tends to be more uh, up tempo. Uh, we've had tracks, I believe, in the two hundreds, uh, as far as BPM is concerned. I mean, they're, they're usually somewhere in the one hundred twenty to one hundred sixty range. I want to say, but um, this is unusually slow. It's uh, which is fitting given the subject material. We'll get into that, I'm sure. But uh, it's in the key of F sharp minor. Uh, a bit of unusual, uh, as far as, as as far as I know, at least uh, as far as I remember. I don't often hear. I don't think uh, songs from them in F sharp minor. This song is uh, well. Let me just describe it to you as succinctly as possible. F sharp minor to A to B. 
Oh. <laughs> or or F sharp minor to A, F sharp minor to B, F sharp minor, in in, in one order or another. Uh, it, it mostly just sits in F sharp minor. Honestly, it's mostly one chord, but it's three chords for the entire song. So you have your F sharp minor, the tonic, uh, A or third degree, and then uh, occasionally the B, which is the fourth degree. And then you turn around back to the tonic, and that's the entire song. It's three chords. Now, many a classic blues and rock masterpiece has been written using three chords. Exhibit A, Louis Louie by the Kingsmen. Uh, you know, all kinds of uh, songs I could point to. And I myself have written a song that is, I believe, two chords. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know. If, if it's good, it's good. That doesn't necessarily bear on, on the quality of the song. Um, but, you know, interestingly enough, the verse and the chorus, the, the melody changes, the, the vocal melody, but really it's the same chords. It's just the same structure all the way through. So you have verse one chorus, verse two chorus, verse three chorus, another chorus, guitar solo, verse four, five, and six on the outro. But really it's all A. It's A, 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 A. This is one, there's basically one repeating structure to it, just one repeating chord progression. And it mostly, as I said, is parked in, in firmly in F sharp minor. Uh, it's very, very simple. I remember uh, British comedian Bill Bailey uh, describing the British national anthem as a funereal dirge. <laughs> Once that was, those were the words they sort of uh, bubbled and percolated up into my mind as I was listening to this. Uh, but as you guys know, I am very morbid, <laughs> and uh, so that appe it. it appealed to me. Yes, I really enjoyed this tune. Well, this we song reminded me a lot of another song that has that has a very similar. Uh, theme in terms of lyrics that we'll mm. get to later on, mm -hmm. written by this really obscure band um, <laughs> called The Second Child. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's really cool, called Empathy. I mean, I could be wrong. It, it is about, about the same <laughs> subject, is it not, Aaron? Well... Uh, sort of. I mean, all of my songs are at least partially about death. That's, that's pretty safe to say. Um, but, wow, thank you. That's, that's, that's cool. I, I didn't expect you to go there. Deep cut. Oh, wow, thank you. Um, but what I really like about it is what Ed does in this song, you did these. I was listening to it this week, and it popped up. I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's so amazing. What he did in this song, which he rarely does, you also did in that song, but in the exact opposite way, in that he has himself singing the melody high, and then he does yeah. the harmony low. You on on your song with empathy did a low melody and a high harmony in the background, but doubled yourself in there. Yeah, and yeah. No, I, I didn't even think about that connection. But I was listening to this week. And I was like, Oh I my hear gosh, that's so amazing! Having to hear. I am really intrigued, and I really want to hear this song. Where can we find it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking. Well, seriousness. That's not just a plug. I, I need to. I, I'm working on getting the uh, the latest album, which even that was several years ago at this point. But I'm working on getting it more of a web presence and getting it on Spotify. Hopefully, you can find us on Spotify in the next year or so. That'd be cool. Um, 
my empathy would not be on that. But yeah, hopefully, I don't know. Maybe I can. Maybe I can get like um, some some older tracks on there as well. Uh, I'm sure Tracy could probably send it to you if he's got it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know. <laughs> I just got done talking you, about how I heard this I, week. <laughs> like you probably have more of my stuff than I do on my hard drive right now. Um, yeah, I just kill all my children. But um, no, uh, it's that, that's that, no, thank old, you. That, that's one of the older. Uh, yeah, soap that was from the college days, like soap operas, right? Like kill all, kill all my children. That was. <laughs> I was I was thinking like the Buddhist. Uh, you know, you you kill your. You kill your teacher, you kill your god, you kill yourself, or whatever. <laughs> you just kill your children. Self annihilation or annihilation of the ego, or whatever. No, but uh, that's really. I guess that probably explains a lot about why the song appeals to me. You're right because I I do tend to, especially back in those days, I, I would write. I came from an electronic music background, so there was a lot of like repetition and groove and like uh, minimalism and kind of adding and subtracting elements. Um, and I, as I transitioned more and more into rock, I added like guitars and, and, and kind of the rock, uh, ambiance and sound, but I kept some of that sensibility. So yeah, that's, uh, I never even thought of that, Tracy, but yeah, thank you very much. Well, it's, so, uh, I don't want this to become the, the second child podcast. Here, but. <laughs> well, and, and your song also includes a lot of distortion in, in the, the song. And yep. that's another thing that's a lot, not on just this album, but on this song, particularly there is a lot of distortion. Um, and Jim, Jim with the distortion on the bass is one of the key elements on this song. Well, it's interesting because it starts out with this acoustic guitar, but it might be like an acoustic electric and they put a little crackle behind it or whatever. Certainly the, the guitar solo is definitely like all the way out there. There's a very much like Delta blues, Southern rock uh, feel to some of it. It kind of reminded me of um, Bad Things by Jace Everett, which mm -hmm. is from the intro to, to uh, what was it? Uh, uh, True Blood, if you haven't seen right. that show or heard that song. Great song. Uh, I love that kind of that that whole thing appeals to me a lot. That whole uh, that whole uh, aesthetic. Uh, it also reminded me of. Have you guys ever heard the folk song "Oh Death"? No. No. Uh, it's been covered by like a million people. It's an old folk song, and I think the original title was like a really long string, like "Oh Death," a conversation between a sinner and God, or a sinner and the devil. I do like think that. I know what you're but, talking about here. Um, they, being a video game aficionado, there's a there's a game called Until Dawn. And it, it starts out, Until Dawn starts out with the song, Oh, Death, and a really weird and kind of beautiful cover. And I just posted that in the chat, Tracy. Um, but yeah, it, 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 this whole thing kind of reminded me of that because that song also is very much like, again, it's that folk song structure where it's not really verse, chorus, verse. It's just kind of the same uh, uh, repeating series of chords. And then maybe the singer might do something different here or there. But more or less, it's just kind of continuing on and on and on. Um, but yeah, it... it I don't know. I've, something about this song really struck a chord with me. You mean and, three? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> it struck three chords with me, but mostly one, mostly just F sharp minor. Um, but no, it, it's uh, I don't. I've really enjoyed it. it. The instrumentation is very. It's the 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 quality of the recording is very crisp, and, and it's bright in places, but it's muddy in others. But like it all kind of comes together to make this nice like wall of sound, and uh, it, it just it's so stark. And it's so I don't know. It fits in with the uh, with the apparent themes of the lyrics really well. So I, I always love when the music and the lyrics gel together really well and kind of give <laughs> the same uh, impression. That's where I heard the song, by the way, is from Until Dawn. 
I'm glad you mentioned that. I got, ah, yeah, actually, because yeah. I love that game, and you should follow Graham Resnick on Twitter, the writer of Until Dawn. Amazing, amazing oh, nice. guy. Yes, very gracious. And yeah, anyway, but that's that's where I knew the song from. So thanks. <laughs> but we have that's yeah, a great song. We haven't heard much from our guest tonight, Eric. What are your thoughts on this song? You specifically wanted to come on to talk about this song, and we haven't let you talk. Uh, well, I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, I was waiting because Aaron's always got so much to say, <laughs> and it's always <laughs> apologies all around. <laughs> um, no, I I like this song for the musicality of it. With the, I mean, I always like when they put in fuzzy guitars and bring in, you know, uh, some of his more their their more uh, distorted sounds, which kind of interesting. Much like Aaron was saying, uh, I can't repeat the uh, bands or songs that he claimed because I don't know them, so they're in one ear or out the other. But I do hear, you know, you can hear a lot of Ed's folksy, bluesy, country mm-hmm. kind of background in this one, tagging in with that more rock fuzz distorted tones. And um, there's a local Alberta um band called Corblund and the Hurt and Earl Burtons, although they might just be the Corblund band now. I'm not sure if they, I, I know there was a change, the name change at some point there, but they've got a album that they put out quite a while ago called, uh, or Cabin Fever. First song called Getting Down on the Mountain has, as every time I've heard this, I hear that as well, because it's got, you know, fuzzy, distorted electric mixed in with a big double bass and mixed in with acoustic guitars and the drums are you know, similar. They're not the same. I, I like Tyler's drums in this with, I, I call it, I call it trashy guitar drums, <laughs> that kind of sound that <laughs> yeah. it, it's almost like getting distorted drums, <laughs> which I quite Yeah, I like. know. Yeah, um, it's very, very fuzzy. Uh, I would, I would suggest if anyone wants to go check out the Corblon song, it's, it's kind of a, a similar sound, which is just really neat to hear that coming out of BNL as well. So, so what you're saying is that it sounds like fake drums on a song called "Keeping It Real." <laughs> I didn't say fake. I just said that, that I, I call them trash drum kits because because they don't sound like you know some finely honed, perfectly tuned drums. They they just have fuzziness to them. Yeah. Eric, I don't want to interrupt you, but but I, I just like I can't. I, I'm a music nerd, so like when I when I have an opportunity, I have to jump in. <laughs> Please do. When you said when you said trash drums, I believe his name is Ben Clapp. There's a drummer I I knew or know uh, very very tenuously from a band called Skeleton Key, um, and that band is watching them is like performance art as well as music. They have a, a drummer who plays a regular drum set in concerts, and then they also have Ben, and he who comes out with this crazy set made of literal like trash and scrap metal and he'll just bang on these like sheet metal and like he takes that like an angle grinder and just shoots sparks all over the place it's incredible yeah so when someone says trash drums i think of that it's just it's so they're so great so uh plug for for my friends at skeleton (laughs) key if you guys want to check it out dump is also a really good uh band that uses all kinds of different equipment to make noises and this episode is brought to you by the Second Child Music Circle, by the way. I should. <laughs> <laughs> ben Clack, come on the show. We, 
Aaron had put, oh my God. put Stefan to yes. sleep earlier, so I'm glad he finally <laughs> woke up. Stefan, what are, what are your thoughts on the music of this song? Glad to have you. Believe it or not, I like the song. Um, it's got a regular rhythmic beat, and that for someone with autism, that's a great thing. And um, it's regular. It sounds pretty cool, you know? It's uh, got like a bluesy feel to it, I think. I don't know much about music, but uh, to me, it's like possibly kind of mm-hmm. like that, kind of like a nice rock thing. I don't know what it sounds like, but it sounds pretty cool. I like it. That's all I have to say about that. All right. Um, I like the distorted voice that Ed decides to go with it at some points during the song. It's kind of interesting, but it's interesting. We keep talking about all these distortions with the drums, the bass, the voice on a song called Keeping It Real. I mean, <laughs> it's like he's, he's keeping it real, but he's kind of pushing the envelope there with the realism. Well, sometimes being real means being harsh. <laughs> oh, he's harsh in this song. Well, and I think I think that's I think that's the word painting of it because he is basically saying yeah. that his beliefs and what he's trying to say to people uh, gets him in the trouble. And and I think that that whole keeping it real idea because um, he's talking about a very sensitive subject here and something that a lot of people don't want to hear or, or don't believe in. And I think that's that's why um, I like the distortion most of the time. I didn't quite like it as much at the end i thought that was a little bit mm, really? yeah i i actually um surprisingly i know i know this is gonna be an unpopular opinion but the distortion at the end i thought i thought was i was like i kind of liked where the clarity was for most of the song um do you mean the yeah, it's a little distortion or the music yeah it's a, like the last oh. three reported repeated verses it's, it's hard to make out what right. he's saying i think there's, i think they went a little too heavy on it for a word for a song where the what he's saying is very important to him in the song i mean he's he's definitely i will say i I didn't know those last three uh, bits were in this song until today. Right. Yeah, it's very easy to miss. It's very buried in the mix. I never read this when I first got it. I never read the liner notes, so I never. I just listened to the music and learned the now, lyrics. Now, are the lyrics at the end different? Are the, does it say are the lyrics at the end different there? Because uh, they seem to match with the okay. liner note lyrics. Seem to match what's underneath the music in the end there. Um, but musically for me, um, this is, I think, where I was uh, kind of back and forth, and we can talk about this as we go on, but um, this one really had me divided for a while. Uh, but uh, the music I at first did, I think, struggle with a little bit because I think it is the simplicity of it. Um, um, we really have to have to get Aaron a more complicated song next week because this is driving me up the wall. <laughs> no. Okay, <laughs> you know what? Got more, it. More this. this is okay. great. All right, good. Done. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah. now we've, we've said this song is bluesy, and, and that's that's what I thought too. I, it feels like a very dirty bluesy song, and um, uh, lyrically, I love the song. But and we'll talk about that. But the the um, as I listen to it more and more, because um, I haven't really listened to Grinning Streak a whole lot. As I listened to it more and more, the music definitely did grow on me, and I like the driving blues, and I like the feel of this. Jim's bass in this song is fire <laughs> absolutely yeah, is, amazing yeah. bass in the song yeah i should have mentioned yeah no that. thank you but yeah i think that's all i had for the music not really a hook though which was kind of weird to me i, I also kind of like uh when vnl gets a really solid hook and like aaron mentioned this is pretty much an a a a a a song there's there's no really <laughs> the chorus is still kind of messy. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I will say jeff that i like the fact that in the chorus it sort of reverses because he's going kind of like from a mid-range down a little low mm-hmm. during the verses, then back up. And then he jumps up in the chorus, and that kind of helps differentiate. Right. It gives it a little extra And the energy. solid harmonies that, that jump in, too, also give it that, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, I, but I, yeah, it's not necessarily as catchy yeah. as some other. <laughs> it's no Enid in that sense, yeah. 
And I, I think I've mentioned in previous episodes that I've been on that when Ed does those things, when he pushes his vocal ranges into his higher registers, because that, I mean, I think he falls into a baritone tenor. Mm-hmm. High baritone. Yeah, and when he's pushing his higher end, I, I love when he does that. It's got a certain yeah, amount it's, of... Yeah, it's got a great quality to it. Even if it's not forceful or powerful, it still has a certain power to it, I feel like. There's an emotional energy. resonance that comes from, yeah, from that. I totally agree. Totally agree. And I like the way that he balanced that off also with that deep voice on the other end of it. Like, he was he was hitting the lowest part of his register, mm-hmm. most likely, there, and really blended those two sounds beautifully in the song. Are we discussing the Persuasions one later? Well, we can, or we can get to it now, I guess, before we get to lyrics. Um, I was I, just going to mention with the deep, the deep oh, tones in there having bringing the, a real um, bass in. I don't. I, it's Cliff, or I forget what his nope. name is. Cliff uh, the baritone. No, Cliff's the one Cliff's that one died. The higher one. Sorry, it's yeah. the one that died la- a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, shortly. He absolutely just it. brings those low ends in, just so fantastically. <laughs> Jimmy Bro, bass man. I got straight on the tongue. <laughs> I had it memorized. One of the things that uh, that we haven't mentioned yet, and I'm surprised that you guys didn't mention, was Aaron. the outro with <laughs> with that that really solid guitar solo outro that's going on. To me, it had a very helter skelter mm-hmm. feel. Yeah, yep, I guess sure, you're yeah. You know, whoever Most was playing it, I was, I, I'm guessing it was probably uh, Kevin. Because in, from, in the live concerts, that's who we see playing it is Kevin. But that's what I was going to say. From every video I've seen, even the one with the Persuasions recording, Ed's on acoustic and Kevin's right. on electric. Yeah, I Kevin did. Like, I did have a note on here about the outro, and it got mixed in with my lyrics, so I apologize. But yes, yes, sorry. It, 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 it is on. Yeah, I know, right? I need to organize my notes better. <laughs> Well, why don't we talk for a moment about the Persuasions version before we talk about the lyrics? Because I think the Persuasions version is more musically different, um, and and that's where we can discuss more of the differences, if there really are any, with the Persuasions version. Um, anyone have any any thoughts? I have my own thoughts, but I'll come I'll come last. I was curious to see if Aaron had any information as to whether or not the Persuasions one is different at all, form wise. I don't think I said that to him. That that's a great question. I'll answer that in no, several minutes. That's that's unfortunate. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think we had the persuasions version before coming into this interview. Oh no! You didn't Jeff? No, I didn't. No, I haven't heard it. So I have nothing. Oh my! Goodness. I have not heard it, so I have nothing to say on it. Oh my! We... Tracy's sending his troops to battle unprepared. <laughs> Yes, that's about every damn like day, that. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> How much like, can I throw these guys under? Oh, a hundred, man. There's like a thousand here. What the? If you send it now, I can listen. Where's it? I, I'm working on it. <laughs> I would love to be able to talk about this. <laughs> so, you could always Google. I am googling it right now. <laughs> Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, if I type in YouTube uh, music, BNL, keeping it real, the Persuasions one comes up first. Yes. No, that didn't happen to me, though. Well, you know what okay. I typed in all week was keeping it real every time I was researching it, and all that kept coming up with, for me was Shaggy. Yes. It, it likes to bring that, that one. There. <laughs> you have to throw BNL in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Otherwise, Shaggy is all you get. Which I did not listen to that one, so I can't comment here. Eric, what are you, what are your thoughts on the persuasion? There we go. Uh, that question was honestly. Answered. I'm a big fan of it. I, I think out of the two, I do prefer the persuasions one more. Um, not that, not because I dislike anything about the <laughs> okay. studio one more. Just I okay. love having well, the sheer number. Like, there's ten guys on that track. There's yeah. not just the four. There, as soon as you add another six people into the track, you're going to have a lot more depth to the recording. And I do like that. And honestly, I like the bass vocals all throughout any of the Persuasions tracks. So honestly, I just I like the depth that the acapella, acapella group brings to it. I lo- yeah, so listening... <laughs> Sorry, I was just going to say, listening to it now, uh, it seems like the form and everything is more or less the same, but it's just filled out so much more with additional harmonies. And I really like the rhythmic breathing stuff, the who. Yeah. Ha, that's like, it really adds something to it. it, it it's, it's, it's interesting because the first time I was thinking about this, I was like, is this kind of like a folk song or is it more like, it almost has like that spiritual feel to a certain extent. I think that those extra vocal additions really kind of really drive that home and it really makes it connect with more of the classic uh, blues and, and a lot of like, I don't know, it's just, uh, it's, if, I, if anything, it makes me like the song even more hearing that version. So I might have to bump it up a, a decimal point. Interestingly I would have to say enough, I like that version better. What was when, that, Eric? When I first started listening to this song, that was when Grinning Street came out. Yeah, um, I kind of in my head descriptors that would come up for describing this song would be, you know, like kind of a survivalist, primal oh, yeah. sort of feel, which is also where I'm getting ties to that Corb Lund song that I. I actually linked to Tracy and Messenger, but um, we put it in right there. Yeah, I get those feelings out of that, but when the uh, like you say the who ha bits come in, it's got that even more like tribal, primal like it just brings in that survivalist feeling to it a little. It gave me goosebumps a little bit. I was just gonna say the same thing because I, I um, when I when I heard that part too because I really like acapella music and I know that's kind of like the, the yeah. redheaded stepchild of music but um, <laughs> I do love acapella music and the fact that they often use vocals to be the rhythm and the percussion and when yeah. that first that those ooh ah start I'm like oh yes and yeah it's yeah, really nice definitely definitely a better version of this song I think easily but if they come at me then they better all run Um, so the producers who are working on the last of us show at HBO, we know you listen, you better put the song in that show. Cause that would <laughs> yes. be perfect. Yes. Yes. Please come Please on come the show. On the show. <laughs> if you got the last of us team on here, this would be a seven hour interview by the way. <laughs> Cause that's my jam right there. <laughs> yeah. A lot of great music oh, yeah, in that yeah. game too. Yeah. But the persuasions version, man, that, then like, like you were that, saying, that bass, yeah, that bass, I, I didn't need that bass on there. That just gives it that rumble yeah. that you just perfect. And it's not even where the bass line, the, it's not even where the bass singer takes his own spotlight, but even just when he's underneath of Ed's vocals, he just... Right, right where it needs to be. It yeah. just mm-hmm. adds so much. Yes. Yeah. It gives it a yeah. depth. 
that's what I meant. So when Ed does it in the studio version, Ed does a great job. But when you bring in an actual bass, I've oh, got man. I've gotten nailed for that myself perfect. because I do try. My last song was actually an acapella song, and people pointed that out pretty quickly that it had to be mixed because I'm not a bass. So they're like, "You have to mix this or bring in a bass." So I get that too. You need a real, I, real bass vocal to get that, you know, power. I, I'm getting goosebumps because I just got this image in my head of when I hear that song, especially a Persuasions version of Sisyphus rolling the boulder yeah, up the yeah. hill. Yeah. And that fits in with the lyrics, in my opinion, so well. So well. That's very, yeah. very well. I love that, yeah. Well, why don't we discuss the lyrics? We we are a deep podcast. I don't think wow. people realize that. What do you guys think? <laughs> Ed wrote this Agreed. song on one car drive to his cottage. He wrote it entirely during that time, the rhymes and everything. He didn't have a, a music, to anything, uh, an instrument to play during the ride, but he had everything all lined up, one couplet after another. By the time he got to the end, he actually wrote five or six verses to this song and recorded it on his iPhone, but we only have what he what remains. Well, there's six verses here. <laughs> What? Well, yeah, yeah, a yeah. a. Well, yeah. If we count a a a a a, yeah. Uh, if you, if you count the last, yeah, if you count the last three and the, the very very low distorted uh, vocals over the the outro, then oh, there's six verses. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Sorry, should I not be? I don't know. Yeah, it sounds to me like what you're saying though is he had additional verses that got cut that like he had he he, he had he had to kill he had to kill maybe yeah. Uh, like I would have listened to this for another three minutes. So. <laughs> Leonard Cohen wrote like thirty verses well, for Hallelujah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, would you tell a sunset that it couldn't last forever? <laughs> this is from the guy who just mentioned Sisyphus. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting there. Don't worry. Wait, wait, okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, I, I got, right. I got the perfect segue into the lyrics. Right. Okay. I, I mentioned Bill Bailey earlier, and uh, Bill Bailey, one of my favorite British comedians, he once began uh, one of his shows by coming out and saying to the audience, of, of course, uh, the universe is gradually slowing down and uh, will eventually collapse inwardly on itself, according to the laws of entropy, when uh, all its thermal and mechanical functions fail, thus rendering all human endeavors ultimately pointless, just to put the gig in some sort of context. <laughs> Well, let's put this song in context. What's the song about, guys? <laughs> it's what I just said. <laughs> it's gonna be a tricky one to talk about. It's, honestly. Uh, <laughs> it's the existential. The, the, well, okay. So I, you you in my opinion, it's about the existential quandary. Yes, memento mori, you will die. We will all die, no matter what we do. And uh, what really fascinated me, guys, was when I was reading the lyrics to this, I thought to myself, wait, is Ed an atheist? Yes, mm -hmm. he is. I, I thought the same thing, right, yeah. yeah. And I didn't know that. I, I googled it, I found a bunch of quotes. He, he described himself at least once as, a, as an agnostic, but he's also described himself as an atheist. He said, he made a joke, he's like, I'm an atheist, but I watch TV religiously or something. But like, he, he really does seem to be, and I know he's very fascinated with science. Um, so that, to me, was the flag right there where I said, okay, this is definitely about, you know, everything that you do, eventually, you know, you are going to die. Um, there's nothing you can really do about it. Now, the interesting thing to me is, you, you have a, a lot of like, 
uh, people who are maybe not necessarily religious or spiritual, but they still try and keep like a positive outlook, will say things like, well, if you live a life that is uh, pure and a life full of intent, and if you go and, and be your true self and your best self, then that's worth living. <laughs> yeah, sure, but you're still going to die. And that's why when he says... When he says, uh, "What is he?" It's in the the chorus. Uh, uh, you won't you won't keep shoot. nothing. It's like the last two. Uh, you don't keep nothing. Yeah, by you won't real. keep yeah. nothing by keeping it real. But doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh-huh. You're, you can't take it with you, right? So it, it's uh, it's very interesting. And, and and the reason I mentioned Sisyphus in particular is because uh, you know philosophically, I, <laughs> I have a bad. <laughs> Bad case of Sisyphus. Um, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's I talked to my doctor, <laughs> but um, no, yeah. The, the reason the reason I bring it up is, uh, uh, you know, I, I, if somebody asked me, you know, what my philosophy was or what I believed, I wouldn't just say I'm an atheist because not that's not really a philosophy. That's just an absence of one particular belief. But that's what you feel. The I define is, about, is atheism. Mm-hmm. Or? Well, uh, oh, mm, it's about death, but I, I think I think Ed's Ed's okay. outlook kind of colors it a bit. Um, because we all view death differently, of course, with our beliefs. I would describe myself as uh, uh, an absurdist. And uh, uh, when I read... I could agree. I, <laughs> yeah, I know. I figured you would. Uh, when I read uh, The Myth of Sisyphus by, by Camus, it really struck a chord with me. And, uh, you know, there, there's been a, a bunch of different philosophers who had this take on, you know, well, if there is no God or if there is no afterlife, is there any meaning inherent to life? And different philosophers have had different kind of suggestions to this. And there are ones like Kierkegaard who are like, well, this is our fate to suffer. And then there are ones more like uh, Sartre who, who tried to see it a little more poetically. Like we are the authors of our own stories and our own existence. But then there was Camus who said, look, even if it is ultimately futile and pointless, in this moment, you are defining yourself by your actions. So Sisyphus is heroic and that he continues to strive even though he knows it's pointless. In, not even in spite of it, but because he knows it's pointless and continues to strive. The, 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 the application of his will is where he finds the meaning, uh, which I find beautiful. So that, I don't know, this could be, again, this is probably <laughs> colored, I'm sure, by my own beliefs. And I'd be very curious to hear what you, your guys' take on it with. But uh, I'll, I'll leave with one last point here and then uh, then mute myself for a while. Um, the, the lyric, long tooth, time is marching as I sing, just cut me down the middle and count my rings. Uh, it made me think of mm-hmm. uh, Hitchcock's Vertigo. There's this scene in the woods where, uh, where she's like, uh, here I was born and there I died. It was only a moment for you. You took no notice. And they're looking at the cross section of the huge redwood. And like it shows like this was like the Battle of Hastings and this was like Declaration of Independence and stuff like that. And it shows like this, this organism lived for so long and it just dwarfs a human life scale. And, and it's still like, you know, well, this, even, even this organism, which lived for hundreds of years, uh, geographically or, or, or geologically, I should say, or, or cosmologically, certainly, is just a blip. It's a blink of an eye. Uh, so I, I, I'll take my I'll take my answer offline. Thank you, first time caller, long time listener. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> I have to say though that that line I have to say that line really bothered me though because you you don't cut the tree down the middle. You no, if you cut the middle this way. I mean, you might cut in the middle vertically. Vertically, yeah. But that's not the middle, that's the bottom. The, the horizontal the, the, middle the cut. The cut is yeah, horizontal, yeah. but you might cut that's it fine. in the middle. <laughs> horizontal yeah. middle. You don't do a horizontal <laughs> middle cut. You do a horizontal bottom cut. You don't middle no, that's not how you Someone that has come from the lumbering industry. No. I I think in this case the bottom to count the rings. 
So by the way, for by the way, long longtime listeners, this is the have you seen my little girl of tonight's episode. <laughs> and probably the trouble with Tracy. It's about what stupid little lie. It's probably okay in this case because we're not actually talking about a tree. We're talking about the narrator. We're, we're cutting him in half. You're but... gonna cut him in half? <laughs> Across the middle, Tracy, you keep doing an up and down motion. It's side to side. Well, okay, okay, okay. Didn't, uh, wasn't there a thing we're, in Middle Ages where they would like they would? Well, he says Meta- down metaphorically, the Tracy. We're metaphorically it's cutting him in half. Okay. It's <laughs> all this too much metaphor. <laughs> yeah, but like they used to like read people's. Okay, didn't they? Didn't they like? Oh, there, there you go. If you lay him down like he's on a magician's table, it's down the middle. Didn't they like read people's entrails? <laughs> Thank you. All right. Agreed. Ed, please come on the show. We know you will. Watch. You listen. No, Ed is watching. Ed is always watching us. He is watching. So, how do you feel that the chorus blends in with the whole uh, ecclesiastical um, theme of this song? Because it seems like uh, just for that is straight. We don't know who's right. <laughs> Ecclesiastes is a is a book in the Old Testament regarding that life is get my dictionary. rather pointless. Um, that's uh, the the, the famous uh, a time a time to live exactly. a time to die is in Ecclesiastes. From the birds, yeah. yes, right. but yeah. um, they took that from yes. that. No, they they stole that the from book. Ecclesiastes. Yes. They totally ripped yeah. that off. So it's kind of basically much like Shakespeare ripped off West Side Story. Yes, in that order, West Side Story <laughs> came out before Shakespeare. So you're telling me that birds that fly in the sky well, stole their song from? Anyway. I do. I do. To answer your question, I do think the chorus goes with it. So if we're gonna get philosophical, Aaron, I am probably described <laughs> as what you would call a secular humanist. I, I do read a lot of Paul Kurtz and uh, uh, Vonnegut, so I'm I'm a secular a secular humanist. So yes, and that's. To me, this song really hit that point for me, too, in a sense that without getting into the spiritual side of things, it, it really sounds yes. like what he's trying to sell. Um, is he, I do love the fact that the chorus ends on that line. Uh, uh, you won't keep nothing. You don't keep nothing by keeping it real. He does the you can't take it with you line with it, too. He sums it up in the third verse, but but he basically is trying to point to the fact that, you know, don't spend so much time looking forward. Don't spend all your time looking forward to what's coming next because you die naked, they burn up your bones. It's a dark line. It's a really dark, slap you in the face line. Um, I do like that in my music. I, I like that kind of reference, but I think uh, where he kind of gets to the end, basically with what's the point in wishing there was somewhere to go if when you get there, you can't let anyone know. And I... I just feel like that's an afterlife rhyme. He's basically saying, you know, you're spending all this time talking about heaven or whatever. Um, when when you can't let anybody know you, that it even exists, that you're even there. Um, you know, when my time yeah. comes, I won't be leaving this earth. And I think that's the line that pretty much sells the atheism of the song right there. And what I've done for people will determine my worth. I like that because it does put a positive spin on a song that's going to hit a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, people well, say, people that... He hits the stop right there at that moment. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, boom. he just, like, boom. This Mike is what, you know. And that's that's kind of the secular humanism of it, which is your life was based on what you did while you were alive. I mean, what the things that you did, the people you touched, you know, yeah. that, that determines, you know, the worth of it there, too. I do feel like that does put the hopeful spin on it, too, in a song that a lot of people might see as a dark song. I don't. I don't see this as a dark song at all. Um, I, I think agree it's with you, Jeff. I'm... I'm- 
I'm usually in that seat that you're in for every song that you guys ever say. <laughs> this is a dark song. I'm like, what? It's no, it's helpful. <laughs> it's dark, potentially dark subject material, but the right. the actual outcome being presented or the opinion is not necessarily dark. I think a lot of people would have a hard time listening to this one if they have a certain belief structure, and and I get that, but I, agree. Um, I think that's what he's trying to say is that that in the belief structure they have, because a lot of people that are atheist or secular humanist or absurdist, as you will, chaotic, <laughs> um, get that bad rep because they're like, but that's a hopeless way of thinking. You're not thinking hopeful. And I, and I've always tried to tell people that's not the case. Like it's not, it's not, a, it's not a hopeless way of looking at life. You're basically just saying, I want my life to be what it is here right now. Right. And I'm going to do the best I can with it. So what's the first verse mean? Cause I'm having a hard time with that. I'd imagine that sticking your head in the ground is much like an ostrich. Like, is he saying, you know, yeah, kind of denying right. it all? And um, I, like, I've kind of viewed it as the whole song is largely not necessarily atheist, but um, agnostic atheist at the least. That I mean, I, I used to say for years and years, I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist, but it, I, it came to my attention in the last couple of years. I was like, oh. Not actually, because uh, I think the actual definition of an atheist is a hardline stance, there is no God. And uh, I, I, I found that there's apparently sub-genres along the uh, spectrum where an agnostic atheist it would be someone more like me who says, I mean, no, I don't know for sure that there isn't, but I've got no reason to think there is. So for that line, I fall under the atheistic side, but I'm agnostic in that I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not. You don't know. I don't know the entire universe. I don't know everything. Out yeah, there, I don't so think I it's possible. It's not. It's not really possible for anyone to know. Um, I think. I think most people who describe themselves as atheists, I, there's like a scale of like you know, zero to ten. Uh, you know, zero being the absolute believe in God, unwavering. Ten being the absolute non-belief. There is no God. It's not possible. I think most of them would find themselves to be like a, an eight or so, and that's what I would call it, like a de facto atheist, like. Um, mm -hmm. there, there's no reason, you know, I, I, I'm open to any possibility, right? You know, right. but, but I've yeah. seen nothing that persuades me. And well, so I when I look at that controversial line, but aren't we all really technically agnostic? Well, I was just going to say, that's totally, no. that's, that line's totally getting cut from the show, but <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're all atheists. I, I would, I would wager, okay, not to get controversial, not, not to get because it's a matter of what you know, and people who are level ten, as Aaron says, it's kind of like grouping all the different beliefs into one not one pocket. Not not to get controversial, but I would wager that every single one of us here is an atheist in regards to Odin. I don't think any of us uh, are <laughs> believing that Odin is real. So it, you know, now wait a minute, just to put it in perspective. I practice his sin every day. So it is Odin's day today. It is Odin's day. Wednesday is Odin's day, and then Thursday. People get that. People get that story confused, though. But that's a whole podcast. Not Odinism. Odinism. Oh, not Odinism. What if you worship Thanos? That's something completely different. Thanosism. I really like to do. We are so off the rails. Do you want us to bring it back, Tracy? Yeah, I'm trying to keep us. I think Eric was about to make a point. Yeah, let's let Eric talk. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to talk about anything. But yeah, if we're discussing the first line from an atheistic viewpoint, you would view people who are 
you know, we at, from an atheist, atheistic point, you can look at death and say, I mean, that's it. That's all there is. You can either be afraid of it or not. Mm-hmm. And people who are afraid of that, but subscribe to some form of religious afterlife period, an atheist will view that as putting your face in the ground. Like you're hiding from the fact that you're just going to die one day because my understanding is once you're dead, you're dead. That's it. That's all she wrote. So for you to say, well, no, there's an afterlife. There's an afterlife. That's a form of sticking your head in the ground. I would certainly like to believe there was, but since I don't know, I have to assume this is all I get and I want to experience as much as I can in this life. So memento mori to me is not a depressing thing. Remember, you will die. It's like, hey, Mm -hmm. Take advantage, smell the roses while you can. It's, it's very much yeah. like a dead poet society. Seize, Seize the, the day, day. yes, we'll precisely. <laughs> or, or as Hunter, all right. Well, what's what's that next line mean? And when nobody's watching, they can tear it all down. I, I kind of thought of it as like the argument. I, I I kind of viewed it as the argument that he's making that there is no afterlife, that there is just today. You know, the whole idea that uh, when nobody's around, they're going to tear that argument down. Uh, that's how I interpret it. Like, basically, the the realism of what he's saying um, is what people don't necessarily want to look at. That maybe there is just today. That's a good point. I tomorrow. was thinking just from an entropy perspective, like everything will eventually be able to torn down just by, you know, time or, or whatnot, entropy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no. Time wears all well, things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, oh. You know, we're kind of discussing a little bit of religion, but uh, this isn't necessarily religion, but I do keep up with um, a number of different beliefs that are, I don't label them as agnostic or atheist or whatnot, but there's real things that go on within our lives that are unexplainable, um, even outside of religion. And um, having out-of-body experiences through meditation and through possible uh, things such as DMT and uh, ayahuasca, stuff of of that nature. But there's um, a gentleman named Tom Campbell, and um, Mm. he is a researcher and um, he's worked for uh, a number of large um, national aeronautics companies doing research on stuff. And one of the things that he's, uh, he's believing is uh, that that, uh, there's uh, a virtual reality element to our, what we've got going on right now. And I I forgot what I was trying to say is the point of our lives is to lower the entropy within mm. our lives and within other people's lives. And our decision-making mm. depends on um, whether we want to increase the entropy of it or lower the increase uh, the entropy of it. So whether well, it's interesting. exacerbate a situation or yeah. do you reduce it and create harmony within others. It's an interesting point, Stefan, because as conscious actors, we are one of few things we know of that can potentially decrease empathy instead of increasing it, or empathy, entropy instead of uh, increasing it. So, uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting take. I, I believe in, uh, you were talking about, you know, uh, unexplainable uh, happenstances. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of synchronicity. Uh, the idea that... Ooh, great place like album. It, it's yeah, a fantastic it's... album and song. But I'm referring to uh, Carl Jung's theory of synchronicity where uh, things are, are connected. It sort of ties in with chaos theory. Things are more connected than yeah. we think yeah. they are. Um and, mm-hmm. and little one little thing could change, and, and your entire life or someone else's that you don't even know could have taken a completely different path. Is this the butterfly effect? That I you're was going to say that. Just, just so everyone knows, I am yes. not as learned as these gentlemen. <laughs> if a butterfly flaps its wings, and this episode's a three-parter, isn't it? <laughs> 
Uh, but no, yeah, the butterfly effect would be a great example of synchronicity. This is why I was really looking forward to this conversation because I knew this would be a really good conversation with this song here. Um, well, no, so just to, to one more thing I wanted to say as oh, far as man. like, I wanted to quote Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> Uh, just about like uh, 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 living your life. Who haven't we quoted? So he said, life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. Well, I like that. Yeah, me too. So I have a question for you guys. With the, with the course... Like, even people that have tried to break this down, uh, song meetings, uh, genius, all these other places, the chorus throws everyone. They're like, what the hell is he trying to say here? So maybe someone can bring some clarity, because I know I can. I will, uh... I, I get the metaphors, and I understand, like, oh, if wood is soaked, you can't burn it. Yeah, but what, what's that metaphor he's making? Well, the, the cut's too deep, so the wound won't heal. Right? Yeah, under, but what's what's the cut? So we what's think of, of lighting the torch and uh, pass, the passing of knowledge. Uh, if, the, if the wood is soaked, then it won't burn, and you're not able to. So if somebody is not receptive to what you want to say and refusing to really hear you out and listen to you, there is no way that you can teach them or educate them about something if they're being willfully ignorant. I, or make them passionate yeah, about it, yeah. like the fire. That yeah. would fall in the, I keep talking, I'd keep talking, talking yeah. but you never mm -hmm. learn. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's where you mind your own business and let them fend for themselves. <laughs> you know, at, at the end of the, you know, at the end, when you're on your deathbed, I've never heard anybody say, man, I really wish I talked some sense in that guy. No, no. They, they think about their own lives <laughs> and their own journeys. And um, they think about the regrets that they've had and the decisions that they've made. And usually it's not like, man, I really wish I had more of a vendetta against a person or I wish I really scratched <laughs> the hell out of their, the side of their car with my key. <laughs> they don't think anything of those things. They think of. I would hope not. Um, right, because they, yeah. they think they seem small at that point. Being yeah, with their family and loving people more, and um, you know, you, you can do what you can only do, and everybody's on their own journey, and their own outcome is a direct result of your own self. So, speaking of journeys, I I have had quite a journey with this song myself um, being being a devout christian yeah you know it's <laughs> a journey and, and person that grew up catholic like this is a very hard-hitting song like there's some pretty rough lines in this uh and i think he's trying to slap people into attention um but it feels like an attack and the 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 music of the song feels like an attack um and for a long time i hated this song because it felt like it was trying to attack um you know with statements like everyone who sees it puts their face in the ground like it feels like he's directly insulting over time and listening to it more i've come to see this less as attack on on religion at more than an attack on people who are so devoutly religious themselves that they're not able, able to have a conversation about it and be open-minded about it. 
Well, let me just say, so, like, they goes to that lineup. But if they come at me, then they ban our all. Yeah. I, I don't think I was statement about that too. Oh, sorry. Well, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll go real quick. Uh, uh, I don't think this is. Well, I don't think it's an attack in general. I think maybe there's a bit of uh, uh, bitterness there because when you try and talk about this, well, some people can get very defensive. But mm-hmm. I, I do think Tracy. It's not even just religious people. It's anyone who is ignoring the reality of, of the brevity of our life, how short our time here is. And how they should cherish that and value that, and, and and that's why I think he says by keeping it real, it's not like you don't keep anything. That doesn't make he's saying just because I don't believe in this, that doesn't make me any better. I'm just facing this head on, and regardless of what you believe happens afterwards, I would encourage you to do the same thing: face it head on and just know, like whatever happens, I want to be a good person in this life, an honest person in this life. I'm not doing it because I think it's going to gain me anything, but this is all I have. I could see how it could sound like an attack for sure. I would view it more as almost an aggressive defense from the other side because a a lot of times I've had conversations with people who are hugely religious and I'm not up on denominations, so I don't know what they are, but they're one of the more outer fringe, in my opinion, of Christianity, but there, the the guy was pretty much saying that I could not possibly be a moral person or anything else because I don't have any God in my life or anything. Mm-hmm. So like, well, there's nothing stopping you from murdering people. And I'm like, well, no, there's <laughs> nothing anything. stopping but them either. That but that's a very offensive tactic. Sometimes as an, as that atheistic viewpoint, you sometimes feel not persecuted or attacked by religious people, but almost as though you're judged by <laughs> And well, so it's kind of like, and they it, it's almost an aggressive defense of this yeah. is how I feel about, you know, where I think I'm headed. And yeah. it might be a little aggressive from past experiences, but, but I don't view it as oh, an it's attack. Understandable. Well, and, and I think, and, and I think you're right. I think that's where I finally came to is it's not an aggressive, it's not an attack on people. It's an aggressive defense. It's, it's kind of saying like, back off, like stop trying to press your thoughts on me like let me have my thoughts you have your thoughts it's all cool like but if you do but if you do do press on me (laughs) right i'll 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 go toe to toe with you yeah sure yeah um and and i'm okay with that i mean i'm I'm still not like a huge fan of the song but i i'm okay with that message and i get what he's trying to say because that line friend or foe i can be i can be either one yeah. yeah, like, and, and to some extent, that's a huge thing. And that that's the point of view that I've taken personally with my own spirituality is like, so I have my beliefs, other people have theirs. I ha- I would love having these types of conversations, as, as Aaron and I and Stephanie and I have, have had many times in the past. That's not an argument, it's a conversation. And, and mm-hmm. that's what he's saying. Like, I can be a friend or foe, you choose. Are you going to press your beliefs on me or are we going to have discussion? Right. Yeah. I was pretty much going to say the same thing. They covered the basis there too, but yeah, I was going to say, I, I didn't, I didn't see it as an attack either. Cause as, as myself an atheist and um, a lot of times all you have to do is say those words, I'm an atheist. And it's literally all the reasons why you're wrong, why you shouldn't it's be. It's triggering and to some people. It, 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 that, those, that one word is a trigger. And, and it's, and like you said, it's like right off the bat, Oh, you must have no morals. You must have, um, I'm like, really? I held the door for four people today because I'm not an actor. <laughs> right. Like, 
Like, like, I just no. don't do mean things because mean doing mean things makes me feel bad. Yeah, right, right. I, I'm, I'm, I try to be nice to people because I think it's the right thing to do, not because you know of any other reason or spiritual or anything. And uh, me being nice is entirely self-serving. A lot. Of, yeah, it's not. It's not out of any fear of not getting uh, an afterlife. It's not out of any fear right. of repercussions for my greater benefit. It's just self-serving. I feel better if I'm. I don't think people need to be told thou shalt not kill because I think we just kind of know that. (laughs) Well, sometimes believing in a God doesn't necessarily, or believing in in the God doesn't necessarily mean that you have to believe in uh, religious doctrines um, in -hmm. in that as well. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, from my own life, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that are really unexplainable in my life and whether or not it's, it's God or whether or not it's um, circumstance or karma or whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. Um, but uh, it's how you treat other people and whether or not you judge them, even if you label them uh, an atheist or um, a agnostic or whatever, um, mm-hmm. Where, where the rubber meets the road is how you treat people. <laughs> That's me. Ethan, you said? <laughs> yes. So, I mean. Yeah, and I hate that word. Like, that's one of those words that is like, it's anyone who doesn't believe what the, I believe, therefore it must be this other. Mm-hmm. And and I I feel bad because oftentimes the, the accepting Christians or the accepting of any religion gets lumped in with the uh, people that are are way overboard and are and, and push it to to the point of um uh, i can't think of the uh, of where they where they force others to have to believe it as well and and that comes from the religions and, and most of the religions as well not buddhism but many of the others that say what we believe is what you have to believe or other anyone else mm-hmm. is wrong and you therefore have to go save everyone else Every religion except Buddhism pretty much says that. Sounds like America. That being said, not everyone falls into believing that. For example, I do not believe that it is my job to go out and and proclamate the you know anyone else's you know uh, word or evangelize. You mean to, to decide evangelize? Yep. Thank you. That's the word I was trying mm-hmm. to think of. Um, and I think that sometimes people in religions can get lumped into evangelical even though they're not. And I want to let people know, like, no, this song, I don't think Ed's coming out against in, uh, religious people in this song. I think he's coming out against evangelicalism. Well, interestingly Students. enough, interestingly enough, Tracy, uh, uh, I, I had a friend, or I still do, really. Uh, I probably don't see him as often as I used to, but... Thank you. Uh, yes. <laughs> no. I had a friend uh, I used to have uh, quite deep conversations with who was an evangelical Christian, and uh, he explained it to me you know, he's like, well, you have to understand, I really believe this, and I really believe that you will go to hell if you don't, you know, repent or if you're not a member of my religion. So I care about you, and that's why I try and get you to believe. So I do actually empathize, and I do appreciate, like, these are people who really, you know, they, they are doing what they think mm-hmm. is right. I have no ill right. will or hatred towards them. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I just want to be left alone to believe as I believe. <laughs> I certainly am not going to try and convert anyone to absurdism. <laughs> You know, you know, that would be absurd. If you believe in God, you have to understand that one of his greatest gifts that he has given us is the ability to choose. And he's going to judge everybody. If you believe in God, he's, you know, most religions say that he, there's going to be judgment. And that's a one-on-one thing. You're going to stand in front of him 
and you're going to talk about it and, uh, and go from there. So it, it doesn't really have anything to do with um, other people like breathing down your neck or whatnot. It's your own journey. So believe in that, share it with yourself and live your life accordingly. Well, and I feel like the song is not an attack because I do feel like Ed is basically saying it doesn't matter what you believe, whether you're Catholic or or, uh, Protestant or Jewish or Buddhist or atheist or agnostic. Ultimately, we just have this one shot at life. And I think we've kind of talked about this. We have one shot. I've always said as I've reached 44, I have one I have one general rule that I live by. I don't care what you believe as long as you don't hurt another person because of those beliefs. And I think that's all we and, and just make an effort to, like anybody, regardless of what you believe, can make a conscious effort to be a good human being. And I think that's all I'm saying. It doesn't we should we're all entitled to believe what we want to believe. Just make it about today. Just make it about the decisions you made. Make your legacy what you do today, not what you're hoping is going to happen in the future, because you're not going to be able to tell anybody about that. Well, if you're right, if there's an afterlife, you don't get to tell anybody about that. So make it about today. Well, and I think. To, to kind of summarize this and then bring us into the into the uh, discussion of, of whether what our numbers are, I think the wise poet and philosopher Weird Al said, look, if you had one shot to sit on your lazy butt and watch all the TV you ever <laughs> wanted until your brain turned to mush, would you go for it or just let it slip? Yo, your mode is ready. Eyes wise, palms are sweaty. This is on the TV already. Don't you you, you, you got to start the parody guy? <laughs> well, parody guy, what's our what's our ranking system tonight? Uh, well, it's obviously going to be on Sisyphus. <laughs> I'm now going to go right there. Sisyphi? Sisyphi? Sisyphus? Is it Sisyphi or Sisyphus? Sisyphus. I like the way it sounds what when you say Sisyphus, but I spelled Sisyphus right the first time. Wow. That's awesome. Dude, Sisyphus. Now everyone has to say that right every time. Sisyphus. Oh, I'm a Sisyphus. Nope. I'm a Sisyphus. I'm not doing it. I was going to say, you expect the man that can't say asphyxiate. <laughs> I can't say amortization. I'm sorry, what? Amortization. <laughs> exactly. I can't do it. Mr. Butterworth. Anti-disestablishmentarianism. Nice. Mr. Butterworth, on a scale of zero to five, Sisyphuses, how do you rank this song? Sisyphi. Sisyphi. This one, um, I, I kind of came, I wanted to come on the podcast for a lot of the newer albums and newer songs, because I know that a lot of time they don't, get as much love as I'm sure they get in the broader population because there are definitely people who like them. I'm one of those people. So I wanted to come in on these and I do cherry pick ones that I like. So my ratings are fairly always fairly high, but even on the grand scheme of things, my low ratings for a BNL song is basically never below as three, <laughs> except for one song, maybe, but this particular song, um, I liked it right from the first time that I heard it because I was, ooh, atheist anthem. I like it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a song that speaks to me for, you know, things that I feel. The, the, the whole what I've done for people will determine my worth. Like, that's mm -hmm. how I've always felt. Like, I, I live my life to determine my worth by just living my life and trying to just do right by people. 
and that will determine my worth. I'm not, I'm not subscribing to any other outward method of defining myself. And this whole song has always kind of kept along with me for that. And I always liked, you know, the, the fuzzy, harsh tones of it and even the distorted vocals and everything else. Then they came out with the persuasions and I liked that just as much, if not more. And so I figured this, I routinely look for this one. I routinely seek it out. It's on any BNL playlist, must playlist for me. So it's in the fours. I think I'll give it a four, three. It's probably higher as of today because today I learned about those final three, three quote, quote marks <laughs> uh, verses that are hidden under the music. I only learned about them today. And so that technically probably bumped it up. But the whole time I always thought that outro is a little long, but other than that, like, I like it, but I, I think 4.3. Where can you find those extra verses, by the way? Because they're not any of the lyrics ones that I would No, I, I couldn't find them. Find, I couldn't find them. They're, they're in the liner notes. See, this is the problem with this album is I bought it digitally. Oh, I don't buy albums digitally. I but, hate albums so digitally. Do I. I like having a physical thing. It is thing. the only album so they're in there. digitally. Would you mind like <laughs> sending me those lyrics? I can definitely send you them because they're also on Reddit. Would you mind reciting them for everybody right now? I, was, <laughs> I can recite I would love them. to hear them. Do you them. guys want to, if I can send them and, and then I can recite them, I'm not. Both. <laughs> this could change my rating right here. That's why I want to. By the way, uh, uh, can someone please buy the, the domain I hate albums digitally.com? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, let me find this Reddit post. I absolutely hate digital I don't know albums. If I can share but that. that was the only way I could find it at the time that this song came out, that this album came out. And then I was like, no. And I even now I will go into used CD stores and try to buy it, and I cannot find it anywhere. Every day on every album drop day on any BNL album drop day, I've got to try and get to the store that day and pick it up. And if it's a work day, I pop it into the truck CD player at lunch and I sit in a parking lot and listen to it <laughs> until I have to go back to work like that. So I, I, I need to get my physical copies because I like. To and I want to say the reason I bought um, this online was because the only way you could get the deluxe version was to buy it online when you did it and you got the extra three songs. What are the extra three oh, songs? Uh, for the. I shouldn't do that. I, I can I can keep yes, on with this. Yes, let's go with <laughs> I that. I don't need to know about we'll the songs now. We'll come back to the songs later. Um, so the way I found this, I was Googling to just try and figure out any additional meanings towards some of these verses because I'm I'm lost. I I'm lost on most metaphors. I I, I get word pictures from the song, not so much direct uh, um, meanings. So I was Googling about it and I found a Reddit post that said, keeping it real secret last verse. Oh. And so the guy was just asking what it is and a couple people responded. So there's, you can't build nothing. If you haven't got trust, you're standing on steel and slowly watching it rust. There's no use fighting. No one's getting along. You can't just add sugar. If the coffee's too strong, you dig a foundation, put it deep in the ground, then water and wind will come and blow it all down. Tie it all together so that you can make it float, then drop a piece of dynamite into the boat. They say we'd have wings if God had meant us to fly. He never gave us gills. Are we supposed to stay dry? If he had had if he had had if he had a hand in the original code, 
He hasn't paid yeah, attention those are... since he made it explode. Why could you we can, not you can hear it. that? It's at, it's at the very end. You can hear it. If you I read know, it, you can I hear it. I wish it was clear. Yeah, that's, yeah those are really great. <laughs> those lines yeah. are fantastic. So there's a few more kind of mic drops wow. in there. Yeah, like he's pretty strong on those on those lyrics in there. Wow. Wow. Let me go over to Messenger here. It could be the recording uh recording agency that's like um, controversial. Well, maybe maybe we have to back off of it. And to answer your question, Eric, the, the three that did not make it on that were on the deluxe are blacking out, fog of writing, and who knew? Who did know? I don't know. Well, I've only I heard thought who was on first. On the yes. <laughs> who, who knew's way at the end? <laughs> In about seven years, we'll get to it. <laughs> who's next with rank? No, who was first? Uh, Stefan, how do you rank this song? Oh wow, that that was that, that yeah, that's awesome. I, I I you know I like the sound of it. Um, it's rhythmic. It's uh, just got a great bass line. It's great. Got a great sound. And um, I didn't really pay attention to the lyrics. I'm not very much of a lyrical kind of paying attention guy. Um, I can't understand half of what people say anyway. So um, I have to kind of read it. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm intrigued by uh, what the lyrics said. I wouldn't have gone that was about death or afterlife or atheism or whatever of that nature from the whole thing. I thought it was more about like ignorance and, um, and uh, just kind of something having to do with a relationship, which most songs are, but I, I suppose this is about a relationship between a man and, a, and God. And um, I really like this song because of the sound of it. It's just the lyrics sound great. The singing sounds great. The music is just great. I, I like that bluesy, yeah, it's got it. Kind of, you can kind of bounce your head to it in a way. I like that sort of thing it's about sonically. It. Please, yeah, it's fairly solid. So I'm going to rank it. Um, um, I'm going to rank it high actually because I could put this on my playlist definitely. So four point wow. six syphilis. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I need to prescribe you four point six antibiotics after that. <laughs> I've got cream. All right. Been, uh, like, cream ain't going to cure that. I've been using Neosporin as toothpaste. Neosporin. I don't know if that helps. It's better than using uh, Icy Tracy, Hot toothpaste. Tra <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, or masturbation. Oh, never mind. I can't say that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can say We've it, said but... worse, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, Tracy. Tissue uh, replacement. Tracy, on a scale of zero to five gonorrheas, uh, how do you rate this? <laughs> oh, um, I am struggling mightily with this song. Um, it's it's so all over the place in terms of my ranking. Um, it's not in terms of the song. I mean, it's very simple in terms of the song, but in terms of the how I'm going to rank this, um, feeling-wise... It's a very dark song in terms of feeling. A very angry song, I feel like. The distortion in the, <laughs> the deep notes and the deep the deep sound that Ed brings in in the background um, really makes, makes me feel like... I don't know. I'm not an angry person. I don't listen to a lot of angry music other than Steve. Um, but... 
And his is more depressed and, and self-loathing than anything. Um, which is more me. Um, oh, I'm having a hard time with this one. I want to say I like this song better than Gonna Walk. But Gonna Walk is so happy and it makes me feel so happy. Um, <laughs> I have to put it in the three somewhere and I'm going up and down the three scale. Like, no, I like it more than this. No, I like it less than that. No, oh. Um... I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to put it equal with the other song that it, that Ed wrote about the same kind of subject, a, a very religious subject. Um, I'm gonna have to put it three point nine with I know. All right. Well, okay. Nine, nine, nine. I'm, Sorry. Let me correct that. Three point nine 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 nine. Three point nine nine Sisyphuses. Three point nine nine Sisyphuses with gonorrhea. <laughs> Is that like an is, asterisk? Is that like are you, does that mean? Are you going to come back to this on New Year's and maybe maybe bump it into the forest, Tracy? <laughs> he's going He's totally coming back to this on New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> could, could I get? Could I get three point nine nine cisnuses and a side of gonorrhea, please? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would, would you like to supersize those? I hear an air fryer will fry <laughs> crabs on the side. <laughs> Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh! 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 There, there, we, yeah. there you go, Jeff. That's who we had. <laughs> right now. Well, speaking of quotes, Aaron. <laughs> well, uh, okay. So the entire <laughs> song reminds me of Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night by Dylan Thomas. Um, nice! Uh, <laughs> I, I had to throw one last one in. <laughs> no, it, I that's a fantastic that poem. Really it, it's, yeah. it's all about the same subject matter. Yes. Um, yep. I was originally thinking of 4.2. I like it quite a lot. The music's great. Uh, but between the wonderfully thought-provoking discussion this song has led to and the beautiful alternate version with the persuasions, I will actually, I'm in lockstep with Eric here. I'm going to award Keeping It Real 4.3 Sisyphi out of 5. Uh, I feel like we haven't uh, quoted one great philosopher in this song that kind of sums up what the song is about. And that would be the brilliant uh, enigmatic philosopher of Kansas <laughs> who said, all we there are is dust in the wind. And <laughs> um, I thought that no. was Socrates. <laughs> what what about uh, Socrates? Socrates. Socrates. Uh, I guess we haven't we haven't quoted it yeah. idol yet. Uh, Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the bright side. No, uh, I love this song too. I, I like what Eric said. It's kind of an atheist anthem, so I, I did appreciate that too when I first heard it. Um, but in a sense, it is positive, and I do like it. It puts that spin on there too. References or us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, but I, I do like that it puts the positive spin on it. I didn't take it as an angry song. I didn't take it as an attack. I took it as as look. All we're trying to say is this: just you know, live your life. Just do the good things and, and make that your legacy. Um, at, at first, I think the musical part of it was my sticking point. I didn't know if I liked it as much as I listened more. Then the Persuasions version sold it for me. Um, that version right there is probably the one I'm going to listen to the most from here on out. And um, and also that additional three verses at the end, which I absolutely, absolutely love. Um, I 
I sent Tracy a link to them if anybody wants to. Yeah, uh, thank, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, because yeah, I, I absolutely love those lyrics. Um, the Dynamite in a Boat reference uh, was amazing. Um, so, yeah, I got I to gotta, I gotta give this in uh, on the higher end, too. And um, just nudging it up a little bit because of the talk tonight, I'm going to give it a 4.4. 4. Very nice. Sisyphus. Nice. That brings us to an yeah, average. Stefan's the highest yeah, voter. Yeah. Stefan's the highest. I'm the lowest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. I'm just hoping. Christian... Stefan's usually the top with you two, though, isn't he? <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, go to go to go to go. go, to go. At least that's how I see uh, it in my on, nice, on my screen. Tracy's on top. <laughs> in my cosplay that I write, I about like the show, Tracy on top. I don't want to read this. <laughs> oh, it's good. Oh, it's good. Well, that brings us Aaron, to Aaron's average... almost Aaron's almost always in a moose costume. It's weird, but you know I'll refine that. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to an average of four point three six. That's a really high rating, guys. That is a good rating I am for this. Make a prediction. Yes, yes. This, good job. This, <laughs> this might be. Th- this might be. <laughs> I was going to say, does that put it to the top of the current grinning streak? It has to. It has to, yeah. Oh, I, I, think th- I think this is the highest rated post-Steve song yet. Okay, that, this is going to take me a minute, so uh, give me one moment to, to formulate that. Uh, do you want to discuss Joseph Brown for a minute, Jeff? <laughs> Actually, Dude. do. Uh, um, do uh, I want to discuss Joseph Brown? I heard he Brown? had two friends. Stefan, do, do you... <laughs> Stefan, do you want to discuss Joseph Brown since you didn't last week? Who's Joseph Brown? Do I know him? Is he the new president? <laughs> Joseph R. Brown didn't. Oh, I thought he was. I thought he was the founder of Mormonism. No, that's Joseph. <laughs> where are my notes? What? Okay. Where are my notes for Joseph he's a Brown? Great guy. Um, he's lived in my neighborhood for approximately seven years. Uh, he's fantastic. I'll rate him. Three. <laughs> oh, did I, no, did, I, did, I, did, I did I miss Joseph Brown? I miss Joseph Brown. No, no, you were talking. I just listened to it today. Oh my gosh, Joseph. That's the one with the. Um, yeah, that's the one with dropping trap. Yeah, oh right, right, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, Stefan missed the one about dropping trap. I just, yes, that's I right. That yeah. one. You were <laughs> sorely missed on that one. <laughs> He also missed Just a Toy, too. He missed the song about dildos. I, I mean, come on. Hold on, guys. Let me go and get mine. I'll, I'll make up for it here. Which, which ones do you want? <laughs> so to answer your question, Eric, yes, that is the highest ranking one on Grinning Streak so far. Nice. Doesn't that make you grin? Matter of fact, it is the only one on Grinning Streak so far to break a four. That's good, right? How many have you ranked? Like two? Um, is this the first one? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, wow. nine. Nine off There's no three. way they could have that many songs on one album. <laughs> There's 12 that's, on that album. Plus 12, 12, plus yeah, 12 is pretty standard. Wow. That's, a, that's pretty amazing. That's a normal link. Where album. have I been? I don't know. I can't even tell you the last time I buy an album. Apparently not buying hard copies Some of, of early, Like Boomerang. Boomerang was a really early one. I think Reagan was president. <laughs> so I do have some appearances for you guys this week. Um, Eric, you sent me a link. Is that supposed to be an appearance? Is that the Strombolopolis link? Yes. 
Nice, nice way of pronouncing that, by the way. Um, I don't know if it's supposed to be. A, oh, sorry, that uh, George Strombolopoulos. He's a um, uh, Canadian interviewer that was uh, on the. I think he was just on CBC for ages and ages and ages. He uh, left CBC in the last half decade, I want to say, and he's now doing a uh, hockey sports casting. I think. Um, but no, uh, Strombo is Strombo. great for interviewing, uh, in my opinion. That yes, that that's the other. Uh, if you can't say Strombolopoulos, <laughs> you say Strombo. Um, but uh, no, George Strombolopoulos had uh, Ed on that one, and that was from another Reddit thing I had found. And just uh, from the Reddit link, when I clicked it into YouTube, it queued me up to like the six and a half ish minute mark where it has uh, Ed talking about um, his views on uh, uh, intelligent design or not, and his uh, kind of religious outlooks. Nice! That's excellent. Which is just entertaining, because he says that there's a clear lack of design because the um, pleasure centers are right beside <laughs> the uh, yeah. waste. I do have two more uh, that I want to throw in there for people. <laughs> Um, to listen and watch. Um, what is the session session X uh, versions of the Persuasions concert? So you get to actually see uh, them playing with the Persuasions on this song. So I'll have that in there. I've got a part. You gotta was... go get some sleep, man. Yeah. Fun. Yes, go get sleep. Yes. So uh, you so, know what? Tracy, you know what though. You know where I'll be. Dude, go get some sleep, and and I think you are totally the master of it. You've got this down tonight. You're you're the king of bedside manner. There it is. There it is. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. If I, if I were rich, <laughs> Tracy, you would know. Tracy, we are taking on a big one next week. A lot. Tra- tra- that is a yes. giant. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Aaron, you We're need to put aside out. the whole week to break oh, no. down the song. <laughs> By the way. So is, he's he's you, definitely going to get the album. Jeff, you wanted Aaron to get a complex. By the way, Tracy, if I were a rich yeah. man, I would buy you a Segway. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. You I mean like the transition <laughs> from one thing to another, or actually the machine? Yes. <laughs> I, am, I am calling it now, though. Who thinks that, that Aaron's absolutely going to guess what album this song is on? <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I'm very 100%. curious. <laughs> Oh, right you'll here? hear it, and you will know it. Yeah, you'll, you'll okay. know it right away. Okay. <laughs> there will be no doubts. <laughs> I mean, guys, guys. Wow, Gwen Stefani. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gwen Stefani just breaks into the whole B-A-N and then anything, you know. <laughs> As a joke, I'm going to send him the the uh, buck naked version. We'll see how it gets oh, oh, no, 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 no. All over my head no. at this point. There's only one version of this. <laughs> Aaron, oh. you've already heard this song once way back when we covered oh, okay. Naked. Okay, so. I don't really Who's remember. Who's the guest next week? I think next week. Oh, I don't have that window open. Uh, I think next week we're back to Tyler, and then the week after that we're back to Eric. No. Oh, yeah, so we're soon. back to you for la 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 lemon. <laughs> so how long before Tyler and Eric just become regulars? Like is I'm that down. Well, <laughs> which one of you guys? It goes from recurring to regular. I think. Can we bring them both on? And they they that's what happened. Fight? That's what happened to me though, Eric. Though I just kept popping up until he wouldn't <laughs> let me go. <laughs> 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 
Well, I gotta let go of one of you guys first, because I can't have too many spaces on this. Screen. Oh, all right. Have a good night. Good night, guys. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> have a good night, Stephen. Okay, call Tyler. No, I fought for this spot. You can pry out of my cold, dead hands. <laughs> Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.